And the lesson that we're always trying to learn is that everything that we need and that we need to know already exists within us. It's merely peeling back the layers of illusion so that we can find the wisdom within. Hello, and welcome back to the Soul Horizon podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about what is known as the veil of amnesia, as well as the seven veils of illusion. These are sort of these etheric veils that get layered over our consciousness when we incarnate here on Earth. Each veil really creates a unique filter of illusion, and it's in lifting these veils one by one that we begin to see reality for what it truly is. So lifting the veils is essentially akin to what is known as awakening. If you haven't yet listened to the episode on spiritual awakening, that's something that ties really nicely into this episode as well. I'll go ahead and link it in the show notes in case you'd like to give it a listen. Let's go ahead and get into this now. So what is the veil of amnesia? Essentially, as your soul moved into its incarnation on Earth, it goes through what's commonly called the veil of amnesia. This veil caused your soul to forget everything about itself so that it could really anchor into a human body and believe in this human existence here on Earth. So in going through this veil of amnesia, your soul lost all awareness of past lives and existences as well as all wisdom regarding the true nature of reality. In forgetting its true nature, your soul also starts to perceive of itself as being separate from everything that is not part of your own human body. When your own veil of amnesia is fully intact, you perceive of yourself as a physical human being living this one life at this one moment in time. You're very, very focused on the here and now in the physical three-dimensional earth plane. And again, you see yourself as disconnected and separate from all other living beings. The veil of amnesia allows you to be super zoomed in on life and really immersed in the illusion to the point of believing it to be true. The veil also keeps us distanced from unconditional love. Because of this, it causes this feeling of heaviness and confusion. Even if it's this very, you know, subtle undercurrent of confusion, it's always sort of there. At first blush, it might seem totally strange or even unfair that our soul should have to forget everything that it knows in order to become human. However, the veil of amnesia creates the perfect blank canvas for the human experience. It allows the soul to fully immerse itself in the experience of being human and to completely root into physical form. In doing so, the illusion or the hologram of this reality is then perceived to be the ultimate truth, and everything outside of it becomes mere conjecture. So if it can't be physically perceived of or experienced, then it becomes something that's simply hypothetical or a best guess. The key to remember here is that Earth is a school. It's a school of spiritual learning and soul growth. Forgetting who we really are gives us the opportunity to learn through the experience of finding our way back to the truth. 
we come here having forgotten the truth of who we are so that we can remember our divinity through the experience of being human. That's really what being a human is all about. It's about remembering our divinity. It's getting in touch with the divine nature that has always existed within, but was clouded out because of the distractions of this three-dimensional world that surrounds us. So what does the veil of amnesia have to do with the seven veils of illusion? I like to think of the veil of amnesia as being the collective barrier that's formed by the seven separate veils of illusion. So the veil of amnesia and all seven veils of illusion contained within it are formed and maintained by the ego. While the veils of illusion are a necessary part of incarnating on Earth, the goal is to lift them or dissolve them, not to maintain them. In other words, they're needed to create the illusion, but the soul's goal in incarnating is to use the lessons experienced within the lifetime to really see beyond this very powerful illusion. The veils then begin to dissolve or lift as we progress spiritually and start to open up to divine wisdom coming from within. The thing that makes it so tricky to break free from the illusion, though, is that the illusion is designed to sustain itself. Its existence is really predicated on our very human need to fit in and to conform. Because of this, the well-worn popular path is the one that maintains the illusion. That's the easy path to travel because everyone is doing it. The less traveled path is the one that reveals the truth. Right now, the idea of the blue pill versus the red pill in the matrix feels very relevant. But here's the predicament. So we need bravery and immense courage to step off the well-traveled path and into the unknown. It is hard to do things and to explore things when it feels like you're one of the only people doing it. And yet that is where the truth resides. In this way, it's sort of the ultimate test of our lives, is to be brave enough to step off that well-worn path and into the unknown and not care what other people think about it because there is something deep within you calling you forth to do so. This is really what we're doing when we seek to find the answer to the question, Is this really all there is? Like, there must be something more. And it's in seeking the answer to that question that we start to recognize that we will never find the answer on the well-worn path, that we must have courage to step off of it and to pursue wisdom and information that is not that known about and isn't widely talked about or really put into the sort of conventional consciousness. And yet there is so much beauty that is discovered in trying to answer that question of, is there something more? What is beyond that which I can see, touch, feel, hear, and directly experience? Because there is an entire world far greater and far larger than this one beyond that which we can perceive of. Again, we must be willing to forget all that we think we know in order to discover the truth about our existence. I want to quickly differentiate and clarify something, too, because the seven veils of illusion are different than what's known as the seven veils over consciousness. The seven veils over consciousness are the seven subtle energy bodies that really overlay the soul as it moves into various planes of existence to experience and expand through learning. I'm planning to do another episode on the seven veils over consciousness at some point in the near future, 
But I just wanted to quickly differentiate because it can often be confused. And there's this wonderful book actually called The Seven Veils Over Consciousness. And I don't want that to be confused for what we're talking about today. This is probably sounding very confusing unless you've sort of been, you know, face first in researching both of these ideas recently like I have been. But I'm going to read a quote from Trisha McCannon's book, The Angelic Origins of the Soul, that really provides a broader context of understanding. One quick note is that in the quote, she uses the word God. Please feel free to keep it as is or to use another word in your mind that resonates more profoundly for you specifically. Here is the quote. So in truth, as a divine spark of God, the soul has voluntarily chosen to fall into amnesia so that it may experience all things anew. This is how it grows and evolves. Yet because the soul is intrinsically a pure spark of God consciousness, it cannot participate in the material realm without acquiring the energetic bodies needed to be in a physical form. These are the life force, emotional, mental, astral, causal, etheric, and soul bodies, which are acquired on each of the planes above the physical world. Each of these subtle energy bodies equates with one of the seven-dimensional planes, allowing the soul to experience life in that dimension, just as our physical body allows us to participate in Earth school." End quote. Although that's different than what we're talking about today, I felt that that was such a concise explanation of something that is typically very difficult to grasp. Hopefully, it strikes a chord of wisdom within you, and it puts some imagery to something that is very intangible and difficult to explain. So again, there are the seven veils over consciousness that that just referenced. There are also the seven veils of illusion, which we're chatting about today, and those specifically pertain to our physical experience here on Earth. And these illusions that layer on top of our consciousness here. Whereas the seven veils over consciousness pertain to the much broader veils of perception that separate the soul from pure source or from God consciousness. So let's take a moment to talk about enlightenment. So, enlightenment is what happens when we see beyond the seven veils of illusion, it's essentially seeing clearly without distortion. As we awaken, our consciousness expands and our perspective really zooms out. As this happens, we're able to see these veils of illusion for what they are, and in doing so, we see beyond them. We essentially see without distortion. It's in remembering who we've always been that we come home to our true selves. Of course, to remember who we truly are, we must see beyond the illusion of the self that we are in this lifetime our identities, our personalities, our attachments. Here's a really interesting fact that I found while I was researching for this episode. Did you know that the ancient Greek word apocalypse literally means revelation or lifting of the veil? I thought that was totally fascinating. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it was one of those light bulb moments. We associate the word apocalypse with the end of the world or the end of times but its origin suggests something entirely different. The end of the illusion of self. It's in realizing that the true self is something far, far beyond that which we can directly observe through the limitations of the human senses. We could tumble down an entire rabbit hole exploring that further, but let's get back on track here because I don't want to divert us too much. So what happens when the veils are lifted or dissolved? There's a wonderful book by Narina Riskowitz called Lifting the Veils of Illusion. 
And in that book, she has an excellent quote that explains this perfectly. It's, quote, when a veil is lifted, you will find yourself in a whole new plane of existence, perceiving everything very differently than before. Looking back, you will realize how you've changed, and this is the magic of transformation, end quote. So how do we lift or dissolve the seven veils of illusion? The veils tend to lift or dissolve in reverse order, with the seventh veil dissolving first and the first veil dissolving last. Once a veil has been lifted, it will never fully return again. Even when old aspects of the veil might appear to return, they'll quickly be seen as they really are, illusionary. All right, now let's meet the seven veils of illusion. A quick note regarding the literature. So when I began researching the seven veils, I quickly found that the lesson associated with each specific number varied depending on the source. However, despite the variations in order, the lessons matched overall. So what I've outlined here is my current best understanding of the seven veils and their associated lessons. But know that this may be different than information that you run across simply because people have sort of changed the order or adapted it based on various reasons. So as always, please take what resonates with you and the wisdom that you have within yourself and leave what doesn't. Another note here about the methods we can use to lift each veil is that although there are noticeable differences based on which veil it is, The method really always comes back to the power of love and unconditional love for ourselves and for others. The path through the heart is the doorway to profound spiritual growth and our ability to see beyond illusion. Because these veils dissolve or lift in reverse order, we're going to be talking about them in reverse order. So let's go ahead and start with the seventh veil. The seventh veil's associated color is red. Its defining emotions or characteristics are that of victimhood, disempowerment, and unconsciousness. The mantra, and the mantra is going to speak to the illusion for each of these, so not the mantra of what it takes to overcome or lift each veil, but rather it's going to speak to the illusion of the veil itself. So the seventh veil's mantra is, life happens to me. I am a victim of random circumstances. The key lesson of this veil is personal responsibility. So what causes the seventh veil to lift or dissolve? This veil is lifted when we first begin to awaken to the fact that we're a soul having a human experience. We then recognize that we're on our own individual soul journey here on earth, and we realize that what we perceive to be reality is merely mirroring back to us what's within us. That's very important. So it's that mirroring recognition. In essence, the seventh veil is lifted once we take full responsibility for ourselves and for our lives. So here are some of the requirements to lift or dissolve the seventh veil. We must release victim consciousness. We must take full responsibility for life as we've created it. We need to let go of judgment and black and white thinking and remain neutral to experiences. So, for example, it's not good, it's not bad, it just is. It also involves radical acceptance, so we don't resist where we're at. We embrace it, reflect on it compassionately, and really step forward from a place of surrender. And we also really begin to trust that life is unfolding in favor of our soul expansion and growth, even when it looks awful or ugly in 3D reality. 
There's a really applicable quote by Narina Riskowitz that says, quote, taking 100% responsibility for everything in your life is 100% empowerment. That doesn't mean you need to blame yourself. No, it means you're taking charge of your thoughts and experiences and being prepared to do some introspection. For instance, if the external world is a reflection of my internal world, what do I need to work on in myself or adjust in my own approach to make my world a better place? End quote. Narina also talks about a specific shift in perception that occurs when this veil is lifted. So we shift from being someone who is at effect or affected by people and circumstances to being someone who is at cause. When we're at cause, we don't blame others, we don't blame circumstances, and we certainly don't blame ourselves. That's very different, especially different from sort of new age spirituality, where it's that blaming, shaming type approach when things go wrong. None of that here. (laughs) We're not doing that. We're not blaming ourselves here. Instead, we empower ourselves to learn from what is. And in doing this, we recognize that life is not about creating picture-perfect circumstances because there is very little growth that occurs when everything is just smooth sailing throughout life. We recognize that difficulties that come our way are some of the most profound spiritual lessons and allow our soul to evolve and grow through them. I'd add to this that we also shift from being judgmental to being curious. So instead of judging other people or our circumstances, we become curious about them. We begin to wonder what they're trying to teach us, and we move through this curiosity in a really open-minded and compassionate manner. Again, there is no blaming, shaming of ourselves or others. That is not helpful, and it's so unfortunate that that sort of twist of this wisdom became so ingrained because of the perspective of the New Age spirituality movement. I'm not trying to shame that either. We can all learn from it. I think that that has really taught us how to be discerning of the wisdom that comes in from outside. What it all comes back to is our own internal wisdom. And if something isn't resonating, like if it doesn't feel good when someone says, oh, you're experiencing this circumstance, you know, you better look at why you drew that into your life. And it has this very shaming tone. It comes back to how does that feel in our bodies and in our hearts and souls when that outside wisdom is coming in? And to me, that always felt really bad, but it sort of is difficult to look past it because it's like, well, everyone in this, you know, one community is sort of thinking this or teaching this. And then eventually you see beyond that illusion as well. And you realize that that was a lesson that you needed to learn. And the lesson that we're always trying to learn is that everything that we need and that we need to know already exists within us. It's merely peeling back the layers of illusion so that we can find the wisdom within. I went off on a tangent there. And again, I'm not trying to throw shade at New Age spirituality in any way. It's just that I don't think spirituality should really ever be put into a box because it becomes dangerous and filled with illusions then. We really have to go within and feel empowered to do that. Okay, so practical everyday ways to lift the seventh veil. We can practice mindfulness and presence. We can also practice courageous curiosity. So when difficult situations or circumstances arise, we can become curious about them. Our knee-jerk reaction is often to respond to unwanted situations with judgment, defense, pushing it away. Instead, we can get curious. And then lastly, surrender to what is. So after you've gotten curious, 
to sort of embrace it. You know, this is where I'm at. This is what's going on. What value can I take from this situation or this circumstance? And how can I move through it in a surrendered way so that I'm not adding more suffering by trying to resist what is? All right, on to the sixth veil. This veil's color is yellow or orange, and its defining emotion is fear. The mantra here is, the world is a scary, messed up place. Fear is my protector. Fear keeps me safe. The people and circumstances that trigger me or touch my wounds are to be avoided at all costs. I want to feel the good, but I don't want to feel the bad. The key lesson of this veil is really learning to live free from fear so that we can live in love instead. So what causes this veil to lift or dissolve? The sixth veil is really lifted when we see fear for what it is. It's limiting, it's stifling, and it's an illusion that keeps us disconnected from our power. In Buddhism, it's believed that fear is maintained and strengthened through the ego's attachment to specific outcomes. So when we release our attachments to people, things, expectations, and outcomes, suffering and fear cease to exist. The requirements to lift or dissolve the sixth veil are that we must see beyond the illusion of fear and recognize that fear isn't your protector, it's your captor. It really keeps you locked in and limited. We must also begin to acknowledge, heal, and release repressed emotions. We need to embrace what triggers us and surrender to the experience of it instead of defensively reacting or projecting. In doing this, we allow the experiences and people that trigger us to guide us inward on our healing journey. There is actually an entire episode that's dedicated specifically to triggers and how they guide us on our journey of healing. I'll link it in the show notes if you're interested in listening and if you haven't already. Another requirement to lift or dissolve the sixth fail is that we must forgive. This is really big here. So there may be these sort of initiations that are required to lift this fail. For example, complete forgiveness for all who have ever hurt you. When we do this, we hold unconditional love in our heart for those that the mind would deem as good, as well as those that the mind would deem as bad. Essentially, we see beyond the illusion of categorization of goodness of people and recognize that all is one, and we really begin to connect with this sense of unconditional forgiveness. Another requirement to lift this veil is to embrace lightheartedness and really begin to see the humor wherever possible. Here are some practical everyday ways to lift the sixth veil. We can engage in creative activities, especially those that really move us into a state of flow. Another practical way to start to lift this veil, and you can actually do this right now while you're sitting here listening to this or standing, whatever it might be but is to practice belly breathing or what's known as diaphragmatic breathing. And this really helps rebalance the parasympathetic nervous system and sort of soothes the fear response. Really, all you have to do to engage this response of soothing is to breathe deeply into your belly so that your belly rises and falls as you're breathing instead of chest breathing, which is where we typically end up breathing from in everyday life. If you're sitting in a chair, sometimes it can help to actually wrap your arms around the back of the chair, and it sort of opens up your chest and the front of your body so that you can really move air deep into the belly. Another practical way to start to lift this veil is that when you're triggered by something or someone, don't react. 
pause and move into self-reflection. This is so difficult to do, and it's something that I am personally always working on, but we can really get curious about why we've been triggered rather than trying to make the trigger or person go away or go back into themselves, sort of retreat into whatever it is they've said. We can really become curious about why we've been triggered instead of just defensively reacting with that sort of knee-jerk projection. Another thing we can do is to make five minutes of pure fun a daily priority. So get out in nature, do something fun or silly, jump or dance around. Obviously, if you can fit in more than five minutes, do it. But I always find that it helps to start a new habit if we make the barrier to entry very, very tiny. So maybe for you, it's even two minutes if you just feel like you're always on the go and you don't have time even for five minutes of fun. Whatever it is that's going to be easy for you to do so that it becomes a daily part of your routine is the best way to approach it. And another way is to learn about the fear system in what's called the reptilian brain or the limbic system. In doing this, we start to recognize that we can allow our body to feel fear, but we can leave it at that. We don't need to move deeper into fear by then beginning to think about it in all of these various ways or to try and make sense of it, because this only strengthens and expands upon fear and really allows it to grow bigger. So again, feel fear in the body and leave it at that. And in doing so, it is allowed to sort of move through. Fear is an energy, right? If we're trying to rationalize it, it sort of ends up getting stuck, and then we're adding more of our own mental energy to the energy of fear. If we allow it to just be felt and honored for what it is, it quickly moves through the body. Okay, on to the fifth veil. The color of the fifth veil is pink. Its defining emotions or characteristics are really limited reality or limitations. It's attachment to this body and to this one life. The mantra of illusion for the fifth veil is reality is limited to what I can see and touch. I am limited to this one existence. I am my body. I am my mind and my various three-dimensional identities. I fear death because it means the loss of self. So the key lessons of this veil are to embrace your multidimensional nature. It's essentially seeing beyond. So in seeing beyond, we recognize that the reality that we directly see and feel is actually the illusion. So what causes this veil to lift or dissolve? The fifth veil lifts when we open to the realities that exist beyond the five human senses. In doing this, we come to realize that there are many other realities that surround us and that it's merely the limitations of the physical body which is really our suit here on earth, that block our ability to perceive of these realities beyond our senses. The requirements to lift or dissolve the fifth veil are that we must recognize that everything is energy. We need to start perceiving of reality as including experiences far beyond that which we can directly see, feel, touch, experience, or evaluate with the human senses. We need to release scarcity mindset and also to see beyond the limitations of the physical body. So this is really starting to tap into the consciousness of infinite potential. Here are some practical everyday ways to lift the fifth veil. Connect with the higher self through meditation or intuitive writing. I'll get a little bit more into that actually in another upcoming veil. It actually might be the next one. 
But another practical way to lift this veil is to visualize and imagine. Another practical way is to begin to study and explore quantum mechanics in the concept of quantum manifestation. I have an episode on quantum manifestation. If you'd like to give it a listen, it is linked in the show notes. Another way is to formulate empowering mantras to support your limitless potential. For example, I trust in the divine wisdom within me. I am infinitely abundant by nature. You really want it to jive with your particular personality. Otherwise, your mind is just going to discard it as being silly. So create a mantra that really works for you individually. Okay, on to the fourth fail. The fourth fail's color is green. Its defining emotions or characteristics are really clinging to expectations and conditions, as well as clinging to grievances. It's very much about anger and resentment. The mantra here is, we are separate, I am separate from you, you are separate from me. The key lessons of the fourth fail are to practice unconditional love and start to recognize the beauty of unity consciousness. So this idea that all is one. What causes this veil to lift or dissolve? The fourth veil lifts or dissolves when we begin to generate unconditional love for everyone and everything. Some of the requirements to lift it are unconditional forgiveness, seeing beyond the illusion of separation, and really embodying that unity consciousness so we are not separate, we are one and the same. And this also comes with this recognition of what I do to another, I do to myself. And what I do without, so in the external world, I experience within. There's also this ego integration that starts to really take place here. So we integrate the ego with the higher self. And there's profound self-love. So we can't truly love others until we first love ourselves. And we're also really recognizing the mirror. So this idea that what comes to me in my experience is a reflection of what is going on within me. When I change, everything changes. Practical everyday ways to lift the fourth veil include practicing radical forgiveness and beginning to see people as teachers. So we become curious about what our interactions with others are trying to teach us about ourselves. An amazing practice for this veil, so for the fourth veil, is the practice of Ho'oponopono. Ho'oponopono is a practice that the ancient people of Hawaii used to invoke radical forgiveness. So the practice is really predicated on the belief that we develop these energetic cords to each and every person that we've connected with through strong emotions or through direct communication. So this includes people that we haven't met but have merely had strong feelings for, good or bad. What happens with this is that even after parting ways or even after we stop thinking about this person in a good or bad way is that this connecting cord remains intact. So there's essentially an open flow of energy between us and the other person. This creates energetic leakages which can make our own energy feel scattered or totally sapped. And this is especially true for energetic cords in which the connection was formed out of anger or hate. For example, and this is always a relevant one because politics just really seem to be a hot-button issue in the last decade in particular, but if you're someone who's felt anger or disgust for certain political figures in recent years, listen up. That means that you're connected to whoever you've been projecting that anger at through an energetic cord. 
And the way to sever it is to express radical love and forgiveness for the person. This might be making you cringe right now if you're picturing someone that you've just like, oof, I don't know if I can do that. But this practice is powerful. And if you look into it, people who practice this regularly experience these massive shifts in their life because of it. So we can practice Ho'oponopono to invoke radical forgiveness and really sever the energetic cords that are creating these energetic leakages and aren't serving our highest and best good. This practice is simple, it's quick, and it is so powerful. All it involves is holding the person in your mind's eye and using an exact mantra that includes four short phrases. And the mantra is, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. I'll link to an article with more details in the show notes. And there's also a book by Joe Vitale called Zero Limits that features the teachings of Ho'oponopono, if you'd like to read it. Now let's take a look at the third veil. The color of the third veil is light blue, and its defining characteristic is really these limiting beliefs surrounding consciousness that end up stifling our understanding of reality. The mantra here, or the mantra of illusion, is only humans have consciousness. The third veil is then lifted when we recognize the divinity in nature, as in nature in the outside world, and begin to live in harmony with the earth and its cycles. In doing so, we see that consciousness isn't just in us. It's in everything from the earth itself to plants, animals, insects, even stones. Beyond these more practical realizations is the broader recognition that everything is energy. If everything is energy, everything is consciousness. And that's really the sort of light bulb that goes off when this veil is lifted. The requirements to lift or dissolve the third veil are to understand that consciousness exists within everything from animals, insects, and plants to stones and seemingly inanimate objects. There's a quote by Manly P. Hall that says, quote, plants and animals, yes, even stones, are really pulsating, living, thinking things, end quote. Practical, everyday ways to lift the third veil are to get out in nature and really connect with Mother Earth, to align your everyday actions with the intention to really care for the Earth and all of her many inhabitants. Another way is to utilize grounding practices, so walking barefoot in the grass, Spending time in nature, gardening, cooking, and eating root vegetables are excellent ways to ground ourselves each day. Another way is to begin to recognize that everything that you perceive to be material or physical is merely a dimension of energy. It might be a dense dimension of energy, but it's energy nonetheless. So again, the density of this three-dimensional plane is much denser than the energy that's perceived at, let's say, the fourth dimensional or fifth dimensional plane, but it is all energy. Okay, let's take a look at the second veil now. So the second veil's color is dark blue or indigo. Its defining emotions or characteristics are loneliness, disconnection, specifically disconnection from the higher self, and seeking outside for answers, for happiness, for peace, etc. It's really the seeking outside energy. The mantra here would be something like, I'm alone, I have no purpose, I'm lost. The second veil is lifted when we surrender our personal will to divine will. 
as we do this, we begin to trust in a divine plan and flow where we're being guided by the higher self instead of really forcing a path forward by way of the mind or ego. The requirements to lift or dissolve the second veil are to realize that we're never alone on this journey that we call life. We also need to start to connect with and follow the divine guidance of the higher self and to really align our human intentions with that of the higher self so that we can align our lives with our destiny. This means that we honor intuitive nudges with action and we really start to distinguish intuition from fear. That's very important. So intuitive guidance, so guidance that comes from the higher self, conveys information neutrally. It has a compassionate and confident tone. It feels expansive and really heart-opening. And it's felt as strong first impressions that can't necessarily be validated through the mind's rationalizing. Fearful guidance, on the other hand, or guidance that comes from the mind or the ego, tends to be, not always, but often is, emotionally charged. It can be judgmental, demeaning, or condescending. It's often a protective instinct designed to guard us against past wounds, and it tends to feel limiting or closed off. Another requirement to lift the second veil is to live in alignment with our inner purpose and our outer purpose. So we all have the same inner purpose, which is to awaken to our true nature by really seeing through the veils of illusion. Our outer purpose, on the other hand, varies based on our callings, unique skill sets, and innate talents and abilities. So inner purpose to awaken is always primary and outer purpose is secondary, but both are very important. So some practical everyday ways to lift the second veil are to begin to engage in intuitive writing. So writing to your intuition is an easy and supportive way to really open the channel of communication between your higher self and your current human expression or avatar. Another practical way is to engage in meditations that really support that connection to the higher self. You can also start a dream journal and begin to write down your dreams each morning when you can remember them, of course. Sometimes I can't remember mine and that can be frustrating, but when you remember them, especially if they're vivid, they're probably trying to offer you some sort of insight or wisdom. And you can begin to reflect on wisdom themes that come through or specific patterns that might be trying to guide you in a certain way. And another practical way is to set clear intentions. So visualize what you desire in vivid detail. I find it helps to visualize about five years out because there's less attachment to the outcome that way. And when we're not attached to an outcome, we release resistance and really move into a state of receiving. That's very important. When we're too attached to an outcome, we block the receipt of it. When we just sort of say, I'd like that, you know, that sounds great. And we really visualize it in clear and vivid detail. And then we say, okay, you know, now I'm going to move on with my day. I'm going to focus on the here and now. And we let go. What tends to happen is we move into this very receptive receiving state. And quantum manifestation then begins to really anchor what we visualized in the quantum field into physical reality here. All right. And now finally, on to the first veil. The first veil's color is transparent. Its defining emotions or characteristics are the illusion of time. There is past, there is present, there is future. These are three distinct entities rather than one limitless sense of time. The mantra here is, I worry about the future, I regret the past, and in doing both, I neglect the present. 
The first veil lifts when we recognize that time is an illusion. It's a human construct that, outside of its usefulness for very practical, everyday purposes, it tends to cause us stress and really keeps us locked into the perspective of the ego. The requirements to lift or dissolve the first veil are to make peace with the past through radical forgiveness of yourself and others, to release emotions and limiting beliefs that really stifle your future by impinging on actions that you're taking in the present moment, to honor the present moment with peace and by taking action that's aligned with the creative expressions of your soul or higher self, to lead with the guidance of the higher self instead of the guidance of the ego. So ego guidance is really of the mind. It's fear-based, sort of this stressful judging, blaming, and very focused on limitations, whereas higher self-guidance is really of the heart. It's love-based. It's fearless. It's calm and expansive. It's forgiving and compassionate, and it sees limitless potential. Practical, everyday ways to lift the first veil are to engage in activities and practices that really foster an even deeper connection to your higher self. You might consider beginning a practice of automatic writing, meditation. When you're faced with a difficult situation then, and when your mind is seeing only one option or a very limited set of options, you can call in the wisdom of the higher self which is connected to this limitless sense of time, and converse with the higher self through intuitive journaling or automatic writing and ask for creative solutions to whatever it is you're facing. The great thing about the timeless nature of the higher self's wisdom is that it often sees several potential paths forward that the ego missed altogether because the ego is so focused in the segregated illusion of time. Another practical way to lift this veil is to practice inner child meditations to heal and release ties to the past. And when you find your mind wandering into the past or the future, take notice and do your best to redirect your point of focus to the present moment. Because the present moment is where all of our power is. And if we're focusing on the past or the future, we're really disconnecting ourselves from our true power. All right. Let's leave it here for today. I hope this episode resonated with you and your own wisdom from within. Again, and as always, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. If you've been enjoying the podcast, it would mean so much to me if you could take just a moment, it takes only a couple of seconds, to just rate it on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts. You don't have to leave a full review, just a star rating would be amazing and so appreciated. I hope you have a beautiful week, and actually I hope you have a beautiful couple of weeks because the next episode will air on Thursday, December 1st. It's on the topic of near-death experiences and specifically what those experiences teach us about life, and I'm really excited to share it with you. Until we chat again, take care.